Hey everyone, welcome to our very first episode of Dare to Dream. Uh, in this series, we're going to be taking a look at some people who really made a big part of the story of God because they were willing to dream, not their dream, but God's dream. Uh, one of the goals that we have in this whole series and actually with doing these different videos all the time is we want to make the people of God relatable to us. We want to be yeah. able to put their stories out there and, and really make it to where you can go, oh, I, I know, I, I get why they did that. I understand why they felt the way that they yeah. felt. And so today we're going to take a look at Abraham or Abram and Sarah, but really Abram and, and really just the whole picture of his life that led up to that moment when God looked at him and said, Abraham, I, I want you to leave your family and go out because because that's kind of where the Bible picks up on Abraham's story. Uh, so I want to go back and take a look at a little bit of some of the history and, and kind of piece together some things from the Bible, but also piece together some things from, from some of the Jewish history that I, I read through and, and picked up to put this together. Does that sound good? Yeah, I think it is important to note that Abram and Abraham are the same person. Yeah, ab absolutely. He Abram. was born Abram and God changed his name to Abraham. Right. And so you hear people talk about them as two different people. It's it's the same person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay, so Abraham was born in the first known organized kingdom that was called Mesopotamia. And it was a city structure that had a king and a kingdom. And the king was actually Nimrod, who was over Babylon. Now, Nimrod was the guy that was kind of the instigator. If you know the story of the Tower of Babel, right. um, Nimrod was the, was the guy who kind of instigated that whole thing of, of the Tower of Babel to build this thing to go up to God. So he was a really, really power-hungry dude. And very smart. Very smart. Very smart. Very but smart. He, but, yeah. but, but he had this whole structure of pagan worship that Nimrod had set up. Right. Um, so Abram's grown up in this system. He's grown up in this city, and all around him are all of these people who are worshiping the sun, they're worshiping the moon, they're worshiping idols, and this is the life that Abraham Experience. Human sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, all that yeah, was going exactly. On, right? Like he he mm -hmm. grew up in this crazy time. And we sometimes look at our lives and go, well, the people in the Bible, they lived a completely different life. They didn't right. deal with the things mm -hmm. that we deal with. They didn't have the social challenges that we have. But Abram did. Yeah, they he did. He really did. He he was it was a terrible society that he grew up. Now this is not in the Bible, but one of the Jewish references that I I read through actually indicated that Abram's dad was a priest in the pagan worship. So we don't really know anything about his mom. Maybe right. his mom was that influence, but... Well, there's he, more than one Jewish reference, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, talks yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was numerous ones, and I, there was a lot of crazy well, stuff. Well, and the Bible that, doesn't... His dad, Terah, that's his name, right? Terah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, the Bible doesn't give a lot of detail about Terah anyway. It doesn't talk about his character or his... 
anything. It just right, says that right. he's Abram's dad. And, right. And, and the whole story of Terah about how he wanted to leave and go to Canaan, but then right. he landed in Haran. And, and just his, stayed there until he died. Right, right, right. And so maybe God was working with him and was trying to get him well, to walk away from this stuff. I think it's fair to but, say whether a person is a believer in God or not, the, the nature of God, he is always in pursuit of us whether we're right. in pursuit of him. So let's say that what little we know about Tara, let's say what Jewish historians believe that he was a pagan priest is right. true. That doesn't mean that God wasn't still working on him. That doesn't mean that God he, wasn't still in pursuit of his heart, just like he is for us. I mean, how many times when we, in seasons when we weren't, like before you were a follower of Christ, God right. was still in pursuit of your heart. People that you know that are not, walking with the Lord or following God, God loves them and he mm -hmm. pursues them. So I think if Jewish Jewish historians believe that he was a pagan priest, if that's true or not, I think one thing we can all agree on is that no matter what he was, God was pursuing Tara. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I, I mean, Absolutely. in my opinion, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So here's something I found really interesting. And, and sometimes we do this with the Bible. We'll read a story, but we don't really kind of connect the dots of like, okay, well, where did that fit in, right. the, in the timeline of history? Who else was around and all that kind of right. stuff like that? And everything in the Bible connects. It, and we, yeah. we, it's not a book of a bunch of little stories. It's not a, a short story book, no. you know, a book full of short stories. Everything connects. And when you find those connecting points, like what I know you're about to share, yeah. it, it, makes, it, it makes it come to life even more. It's like, wait a minute, wait, what? That, how is all of that flow? And it does. And so that's why I think it's so important. And what we, the whole goal of this is for people to know and love the word because the word is alive and active and Absolutely. the stories do connect and just like they connect with us today. Right. You know? Right. So, so, so here's the deal. So Abram was the 10th generation from Noah, but because people lived like for hundreds of years, Noah was still alive when Abram was actually born. So there is a chance that they knew each other. There, there is. There's well, a chance, and like again, this isn't Bible, but it, it was from right. some Jewish history. Well, it's not Bible, that, but when you base it off of timeline, the timeline yeah. shows that they were yeah. still now, alive. Now that part's Bible. Yeah, that that he was alive. But it when, doesn't say anything about family reunions or anything. No, <laughs> no, like it, that. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it does indicate that there's a chance that the that he had a relationship right. with Noah. And so if you well, stop... Well, the region and where they both lived. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ab absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, but here's some things that I was just thinking about with that is, is that think about like, this is your great grandfather to the eighth power, right? Which I don't even know how to wrap my mind around that because most yeah. of us we may might... know our grandparents. We're really blessed if we got to meet great grandparents. Yeah. But most people I know have never met 
or didn't know their great grandparents for very long. So that's why. Right, right. Yeah. I don't when know you how to hear like a great, great grandparent, that's like really major. And to the but, eighth power, you're yeah, like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. So about? this is like to the eighth power, his <laughs> grandfather. Um, but but imagine the stories that he could have heard if Noah was still like talking and, and communicating. You that. know, they talked about that boat. Well, sure. You know? uh, you, <laughs> it's like you're not going right. to believe. Yeah, exactly. And the animals and all the other sure, stuff like that. Sure. But but think about that. Though. I mean, like Noah's still alive, and this is where society has gotten to. The so the flood took place to wipe out sin, and, sin. and now in his lifetime. He sees almost the same level or as bad. Which just shows that human nature without God is evil. No matter, there's yeah. well, none of us are really good. God is good. Right. 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 Okay, yeah, go ahead. exactly. Sorry. So, so if he's still alive and he still has these communications, then, you know, what is, how does that impact him? Because he lives in this pagan society, but maybe his great, great to the eighth power grandfather is, telling him about this God who is a, a life-giving God who right. loves people. And, you know, and so what is what does that look like for him? Um, I, you have to wonder, you know, like, like, where did, why would he do, why would he get up and leave his country? You know, because I mean, that's a known story in the Bible that, you know, Abram gets, called by God and God says, leave your family, leave your country, leave everything behind and go to, to the Canaan, to the promised land. And, you know, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to use you. And, and really, I mean, he's the, the first key person in the storyline of God because God looks out over all humanity and says, man, we wiped them out with a flood. We've done this, we've done that. And they still pursue all this right. evil. I've got to pick a family that I can invest in that will carry my truth and bring about this salvation and this story that I want to see happen, that I wanted to see happen all the way right. back in the garden. I wanted this relationship with humans right. and with mankind. I wanted this partnership. And so God forms this partnership with Abraham or Abram at the time, mm -hmm. you know? So, well, um, I, I think it's significant um, that whatever God was trying to do with Tara in the middle, right before he leaves and moves his family, his son just suddenly died. His son, Heron, suddenly died. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that, I mean, I think it's important to note that life-altering situations oftentimes draws from draws to God mm -hmm. or cause us to walk away. Yeah. We still have a choice. Don't, don't think that, oh, well, that happened, so that's why they walked away from God. We still have to be responsible for our actions and reactions. Right. But the yeah. moment in which his son, who no parent ever thinks that they're going to outlive their children. Mm -hmm. And so for his son to suddenly die, um, no doubt there had to have been a massive amount of grief mm -hmm. that came with that. Sure. And that very well could have been what caused him to lean in to the possibilities of God or lead into God leading him yeah. out on the journey to get a Abram where Abram went, I believe. 
Yeah. Because I mean, I can, I can look at so many different places in my life where I have hurt or like with a major loss or a, a, a natural disaster, like when everything happened in Haiti, how that impacted our family um, with the earthquake. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. And you and, were gone like crazy amounts of time. Yeah. But to see how, what that did for so many people, how in the middle of great devastation, they leaned into the Lord. Um, yeah. I would say that that is a huge possibility when you see how, what causes during that day and time, people didn't just move. You didn't say, well, you know, I think we're tired of living in this state. Let's move to this state. You didn't do that. No. You stay planted. You stay rooted. And so for him to get up and say, come on, we're leaving. I truly believe that the the significance of his son dying and the grief in which he was going through played a part in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not... In God leading him. So, okay. I'm right, sorry. Right. So here's another interesting fact, though, about something that happened in Abraham's lifetime before he actually left, you know, before he was 75. Right. He was alive when the Tower of Babel incident happened. He was in his 40s when that happened. Which to us, 40s is like you're in your prime. Yeah. In Bible times, 40s, it's like you're just a wee lad. Yeah, you're like and a little baby. You lived to like 10 million, baby. you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not really, no doubt. but... No doubt. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, imagine the impact. I mean, like he was he was living in that area. He wasn't living in the town of Babylon where where the Tower of Babel was being built, but he lived in Mesopotamia, which was the kingdom of Nimrod. Right. So you know, like when that happened and well, people that was started a, talking about it. That was a these, global impact. Yeah, yeah. So for yeah. sure. So I mean, so that again, another another life altering moment in his life when he had to stop and go you know, who is this God, you know, that I've heard about through my ancestors, whether he heard about it from Noah or not, someone in his, in his family. Right. And they were all ancestors of Noah. So he'd had to have heard. Well, undoubtedly the the truth of the story of God from the beginning was threaded through. And I, I know that this is probably a little bit of a pot stirring statement, but I think the same thing can be said about much of Western society, Christianity, we've got a lot of things sometimes, let me say it that way, sometimes we have other things that have filtered in that we've allowed and we've been, mm-hmm. we've become okay with. Yeah. Where oh, sure. when you dive back into scripture and you start singing, wow, you know, we, we've, we've put up with a lot of things in this, in this nation that we should have never put up with because right. God's. God's rule, God's law is very clear. And that includes the way we should love people, the way we should take care of the widows and the orphans, the way we should take care of those who are hungry and in need. Mm. And the fact that we don't, like we should, shows that we've allowed other things to infiltrate um, our walk. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And don't you think that's why God called him out? You know what I'm saying? Well, sometimes we have to get, I mean, even Jesus, when you look, when you study out the story of Jesus, Jesus got away from the masses Mm -hmm. to get alone with God. Sometimes we have to walk away or step out or Mm -hmm. lock ourselves in to rest and to renew our mind and to get fresh perspective. I think it's a very... Absolutely. For God to get him to say, look, I need you to see 
what it is I'm doing. Right. Let me move you out of the middle of this. Sure. Let me get you out of this whole right. society that you've grown up in. And I want to... And probably somewhat comfortable with. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we all get... Right. I mean, we get... That doesn't mean that we are bad. Nothing else, yeah. nothing else. We get right. callous. We become so... Well, that's how I thought all families were. You know? Like when you... Right. When you... Um, there have been uh, young adults that I have counseled with that grew up in violently abusive, alcoholic homes, and they thought it was normal for everyone. Yeah. Did that not happen in your house growing up? And it's it's like crazy to think. And I mean, then there's things that like simple, weird little things in my home growing up that I thought that was a tradition for everyone. You know, not just bad yeah. things, but good things. It's like, sure. you don't get to do this at Christmas time. You guys don't open one gift on, <laughs> on this time, you know, whatever it yeah. is. We get into this mindset and we assume the rest of the world operates the same way. Right, right. So God called Abraham, Abram out, him and Sarah, and he said, I want you to go. I want you to leave all this behind. I want to show you a new picture. Right. I want to show you my picture. I want you to see, I want you to see my heart. I want you to see the the creation that I had in mind from the very beginning. I want you to see this image of what humanity can look like, what relationships can look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God calls him and Abram out, or him and Sarah out. Uh, and, their, and their nephew Lot. And their nephew Lot, right. right. Which exactly. was Haran's son. The, yeah, the, the one who the, died. The one that died. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, so they leave and they head out. And I think it's important that we realize that. And this want, is just for clarification. This yeah. is all in Genesis 12. Okay. Genesis yes. 11 yeah. and chapter 12 when you're seeing all this play out. Yeah, okay. absolutely. But so they head out with not any direction, but not any real direction as far as not, not any real picture of what what are we going to make? What are we going to change? What are we going out to do different? Wow. I never thought about it like that. There was no example of a, this is what it looks like to follow God. Right. This is what it looks like to step out on a dream. Right. This is what it looks like to dare to dream, right? Exactly. What it looks like to step out and trust God in an unknown world with an unknown adventure. He was just doing it. Right. As an old man. What was he, 75 at this point? 75. Now, in our times, that's old, but in his times, still relative. I mean, his Noah lived to 500. So for him... I'm, can I just say, I'm so glad <laughs> I know. that we do not live to 500. <laughs> but, I know. But, yeah. but he was 75 in the moment that God called him out with no formal teaching. No. With no... Um, and I never thought about this till you told me this, honestly, with no parental support, example, mentor that said, this is how you follow God. And what blows my mind is I think if we just even for a moment stopped and go, wait a minute, if God did that for Abram, can he do that for me? And the answer is absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to come from a heritage or a family of followers of Jesus to let it start with you. 
and to make a difference exactly in the world that exactly. you're in. And that's really the point of this story. Yeah. That's really the point of it is, is that so many times we think that, well, if I'm going to do something for God, that I've got to be, you know, of a of like this heritage line of pastors, or I have to go to the right school, or I have to have the right education, right. or I have to be able to speak right like this, you know. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's not Or I have to be case. young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I have to be old, like right. Every sure, every sure. kid is told when you grow up, what are you going to be? And every adult's like, "What don't you wish you would have done this?" And the reality is, when you let God get involved, it starts when mm-hmm. you say yes. Right. Right. right? So the sure. moment everything starts is the moment where you fully surrender. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Right. Whatever it is you want me to do, God. If I'm if I'm seventy five, if I'm seven, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So from this, we're going to we're going to make a challenge to right, everyone. Right. And what is our challenge this week? Our, our challenge is it's pretty simple. It's just how will you live differently if you really dare to dream that God can use you, your family and your descendants to change the world? Right. If you believe that God could actually because he can. But if you believe that he could take you right where you're at regardless of what example you've had set, regardless of what your past looks like, um, your history looks like, and you believe God could do something in your life, even if you don't get to see the big picture, all you get to see is that next step. Yeah, right, which, right? Is, which is what happened with Abraham and Sarah. I mean, God said, you're going to be the father, the mother of this large people group. Right. You're going to have all this land, but... Let's be honest. They never actually got to possess it. Right. Right. They just got the promise of it. They got the promise that impacted their children and their children's children and so on and so forth. So if if you were to believe and begin to dare to dream Mm -hmm. that God had that for you and had that for your family, what would you do differently now? What, how would you yeah. operate differently? Is that a diet thing? Is it a, it's a getting up extra 30 minutes in the morning and getting in the word? Is it um, refining and defining your inner circle of influence? Is yeah. it um, making sure that what you believe lines up with scripture? I mean, I, I don't want to define that for you, but I think that's the challenge is it's yeah. figuring out yeah. what would you do different? If you knew that the decisions and choices you made today would impact your children and your children's children. And the truth is, they're going to impact. What we do always Mm -hmm. impacts the future. And so knowing that God's plan, whether we see it or not, is in place. Yeah. We get to decide, do we want to be part of that plan? Do we want to link arms and and move forward in what God has for us, what are you going to do different yeah. to make sure that that difference is made? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Daring to dream. Daring to, daring dream. to dream God's dream. Right. And, and believing that what we do matters, that it really will change the course of history, just yeah. like Abraham and Sarah right. changed the course of history. I think As it's going to be great. As normal people, but... 
they made a huge impact in right. God's plan. And we can too. As Absolutely. disciples of Jesus, we can too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, listen, we've had a great time discussing Abraham and we're going to come back next week, talk about somebody else who was a big impact in the mm-hmm. plan of God uh, because they dared to dream as well. Right. So we'll, we'll see you again next week. Have a great week.